Once upon a time before dating apps where you could swipe your way to love, there were love potions. And they were little treats made with special specific ingredients, some magic to get that special someone to love you back. Not at all toxic, not at all manipulative. Yeah, it seems like a big red flag in the making. Yeah, and love potions can easily be glamorized, but as you can probably assume, there is also some dark history to this romantic ritual. Yeah, I feel like in uh, in the past I've seen love potions mentioned as kind of a cutesy thing you would do, but with kind of today's 2022 outlook, I don't think it uh, held up as well as a concept. <laughs> I think we're about to unpack that today. everyone and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm M. Schultz. And I'm Christine Schieffer. Every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. And today we are talking about love potions, Christine. Have you, how often have love potions come up in your life? Is there, do you have a story to this at all? Any personal experience? After telling you about my hex uh, phase recently, I, I'm, I'm afraid to really bring up anything even remotely troubling that I did in my childhood slash teen years. I'm sure there were times where I attempted to do this. I'm sure it didn't work. So that's probably the extent of my knowledge. I beg to differ. I think if you're afraid to tell us about any potential love potions <laughs> because of how powerful your hexes went, I think your love potions might have been successful. I think they were successful in the way I planned them, but not successful in the larger picture of, hey, maybe don't do this anymore. Fair, <laughs> like, fair enough. If you think this is a good idea that you want that guy from math class to like you, be careful what you wish for, I feel like is the running theme that goes on when I discuss these kinds of things. Fair enough. Be careful what you wish for, I think, should fall into most things, including love potions. So anyway, let's crack into it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Christine, I have a story about a love potion if you, you are interested. Oh, I'm so interested. Please share. It's very embarrassing. 
because I was. Of course it is. I can't wait. I had to have been seven, (laughs) seven or I mean, I was little, but my mom and I were actually, I think my mom had taken us on like a family trip to Italy and I was seven and could not have cared less that I was in literally Italy because (laughs) I was unaware of the fact that I thought we got on a plane and like might as well have just gone to Florida or something. Are you kidding me? The land of gelato and you just didn't care? I really, I was so young. There was no way I was going to appreciate it. And when we were there, I remember like walking past like a fortune teller, at least in my mind, it was a fortune teller. It was probably just someone completely exploiting tourists. And I'm fine with that now in hindsight, but they were like, oh, we, we can tell your fortune. And I was told that my true love's name is going to start with the letter C, Christine. <laughs> I was also told uh, that if I, and ironically, actually, at the time, I did have a crush on someone with a, a name that started with the letter C. Mm-hmm. And so it blew my mind. And I was like, oh, my God, I was literally in second grade, by the way. So anything they said, I was going to be completely swindled by this. I don't know why my mom let this Where happen. were your parents? That was my <laughs> next question. <laughs> they were probably like, why Why did we take a second grader to a foreign country? I thought you were about to say wh- they were probably whining and dining. And I was like, they probably were. They probably were. I think they were like, I don't know why we brought our kid on this trip. So you let someone else like have to deal with them for a second. I don't know. So I found out that my true love is going to start with the letter c sorry so that part's true yeah and they also said oh and the person you have a crush on they could fall in love with you too but you have to buy this love potion and stop it either my mom purchased it or my mom gave me like a 10 i don't know and so i bought it off of this random woman and looking back it was literally just a bag of glitter but (laughs) (laughs) at seven i was like wow it sparkles and love is in the air so i was told to put this love potion somewhere where they would end up touching it so that way it would like rub onto them and they would think of me because i was the one who put the love potion there so i remember sprinkling it all over their chair so that way they would sit down on it that's what i was thinking i would do that too yeah and it ended up not working out because she came into the room that day because i sprinkled glitter all over her chair and she ended up pulling her chair out and seeing that it was dirty and then just like switch chairs. She was like, I don't want to sit here. There's stuff all over it. And so at bottom line, the love potion didn't work. And in hindsight, I don't think it was ever going to. So, well, who wants glitter all over them? You know, that's my love potion story. (sighs) We'll never know, huh? And that's a great story. I cannot believe you bought a love potion from um, an Italian fortune teller. And it was I was promised love and I still need my money back after all these years. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> that that kid did not like me back. And I still think about it. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I had a plan here. What was going on? Which, by the wow. way, lets you know that I was very easily and quickly indoctrinated into the world of glamorizing love potions and forcing someone to have a crush on you. So like, yeah, glad to know I've broken free from that. But it's it, that is a great early segue to talk about love potions and how they are pretty glamorized. And when you don't stop to think about the fact that it is a way for you to feel like you're manipulating a person into something, not a cute look. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a healthy start to a relationship even if it does quote-unquote work you know yeah I mean did you ever realize at the time like as a kid or when you were younger did you ever realize that it was so romanticized or when did you realize that it was probably not a a tasteful act 
I think I always got a kind of a weird feeling about it because it always felt a little bit like, why should I force someone to like me? You know, I think in a desperate move when you really have an unrequited love situation, I can see why you'd think like, oh, it's worth doing something like this. But it always kind of struck me as a little bit, if not icky necessarily, then at least like cheating a little bit. Like, oh, well, you shouldn't Mm. have to force trick someone into loving you or liking you. Like that seems like kind of a shortcut that isn't going to make your relationship last. I don't know. It just it didn't seem like the smartest move in my book. I'm impressed that you had such a healthy outlook on it because I don't think until like I became a full adult, I <laughs> had anything but toxic traits. When it, like, I think, like, <laughs> oh, wow, what a statement. What a statement. But I do think like when I like when I think back on like high school or even college, like my idea of what it took to be with a person or what type of person I should be looking for. Like, I think I just had, I was one of those classic people who fell for all the tricks and I like did not stand up for myself or look into the meaning of things. I really just like had no concept. I was just hanging out, getting myself hurt all the time, getting my feelings hurt, following your bliss, following my bliss hurt in the process. I don't think until I like grew up and really started looking within did I, I mean, I don't think I was the toxic person. I think I just fell for all the toxic moves. Yeah. I just don't think I had a healthy outlook at all. Cause I would have looked at a love potion and been like, Oh, like that's so romantic. I'm being yeah. pursued and they're doing whatever it takes to win me over. And like not realizing that like, Hey, maybe that person needs to read the room that you're not into it. And like, yeah, they should respect your boundaries. Anyway. Time for me to teach you a little bit about the history of some love potions, if you will, and see how far back this topic goes, which, spoiler alert, all the way back to like biblical times. Oh, okay. It's important to state that we're going to talk about a lot of recipes, intentions, and actions that were done using love potions to get someone to love you. But, and I thought this was super interesting because, you know, we keep saying like, oh, love potions, they're historically, they're actually like kind of manipulative and toxic and more or less a version of like a roofie without like the the drug part of it. I feel like you're, I mean, I think roofies have a much worse end result, but I think they are more or less, oh, we're going to drug you to be easier to to manipulate your feelings to manipulate or to lure in or something awful at, I mean, roofies go a, a very particular dark route, but love potions are under the same umbrella to me in terms of they're still problematic yeah we're tricking you into having a less of a problem with me pursuing you Mm -hmm. and as i say that one thing that's really interesting is there's actually an herbalist in brooklyn who said it best i think where they said a love potion is quote a practical recipe plus magic that shouldn't be about trickery Mm. So instead, what a love potion, a true love potion should be, is about self-realization. This is a quote from this herbalist who said, the first step in being able to love someone else requires you to activate your self-love. Oh. And a potion might help you get there. So even though- I like that. That's nice. I love that idea of it where it's not, oh, I'm going to swindle you into mm. falling for me and you don't have free will in this experience. It's mm-hmm. it's more like I'm opening myself up to opportunity and potential. And maybe if you're standing there, you, you know, you might be the person I'm looking for. Yeah, I 100% understand that. That I'm into. I love that. So the main ingredient in a lot of love potions, do you want to take a, a guess at what that might be? 
Eye of Newt. I don't know. Oh, that feels like a common. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that one before is what I mean. <laughs> but no, the it is um, Mandrake. Like from Harry Potter. That's what I thought. Yes. The thing that <laughs> screams at you. It's also known as Mandragora. And it was reportedly used from biblical times through the Middle Ages in some areas of the world today. Here's probably my favorite part of all of the notes. There's something in the Middle Ages that was called the love cake. Oh, no. I already don't like it. Do you know about the love cake? I don't, but I hear Middle Ages and I hear, oh, they came up with a fun invention. And I think this is not going to end well. It could allegedly get your crush to like you back. So you Mm. could do all this and your crush still might not like you at the end. So here's how it goes. First of all, any cake to me is really like a love cake. I don't care who you are. If you bring me cake, I'll probably like you a little more. Yeah. Yeah. But here's if you wanted to like make your own cake at home. This is how you do it, Christine. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm writing it down. Step one, get naked. Wait. (laughs) I'm so glad that I didn't say I'm going to do it right now because we are on camera and I don't (laughs) think anyone needs that. By the way, never mind to what I said five seconds ago about how any cake will do because I am kind of nervous. And this already doesn't feel like a love cake. It feels more like a lust cake. Um, If we're nude, I feel like that's unnecessary. But it is part of the recipe process because you're then supposed to, as you're naked, okay, you take the dough, which already this cake is wrong because cake is made with batter. So (laughs) I I don't know what we're making it out of. Not a Middle Ages cake. (laughs) They also, I did not get a recipe list for how this dough is made. It's just take dough in your naked body and then you're going to press the dough into your naked body. No. And originally I was like, oh, like for like to make like a mold of your body. And like it's like a cake in the shape of your body. (laughs) Here's a cake with all of my lovely curves. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's not for that at all. It is to absorb the sweat from your body. No, it isn't. Before you baked it. You're kidding me. In the 16th century Europe, we've got official books with instructions on love potions. Finally, there's like some documentation instead of like, trust me, get naked. I heard about this 300 years ago. Trust me. I think this is how it works. Well, one of the most popular of the books was called The Book of Secrets of Albertus Magnus of the Virtues of Herbs, Stones, and Certain Beasts. And I pardon nearly can confirm that that was from Harry Potter. (laughs) It does sound like it, doesn't it? (laughs) And the book gave us a recipe that involved mixing crushed earthworms (gasps) with periwinkle flowers no i don't know about the worms i think that was like a cultural move but i also know that flowers make sense because that's always been a sign of romance there are a few flowers that have been in love potions or love rituals one of them a very common one at the time was people used to plant marigolds in your footsteps so first of all you have to be a person who follows someone long enough to know where they step to then Uh plant marigolds there. Yeah, and also, wow, that's, I mean, it's kind of cute in theory. And then it's like, uh uh-oh, why are you following them around? I do feel like the same person who is stalking you long enough to know exactly where to plant marigolds on your, like, path to work probably is also the same person who thinks a love potion's romantic, to be fair. Good point. So one of the plants that is pretty toxic for a, a few potions is called a datura plant. The datura plant was used as an aphrodisiac, but it was also a deadly hallucinogen. And that makes me wonder, like, was it actually an aphrodisiac or were you 
spiraling. You're drugging someone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Wow, that's scary. Some potion recipes have also called for animal parts, Uh including the fat of a snake, which I thought snakes were like pretty lean. I don't I didn't know snakes could get fat. That's why it's so hard to find the the fat. Right? Okay, so then also... Exclusive ingredient. uh, Some of the other ingredients like this are the brain of a sparrow. No. The blood of a bat or the heart of a pigeon. uh. And so indigenous uh, Americans also use lizard tails in their potions. And so, I don't know. Here's my thing. Respectfully, I totally get the, like, other cultures use foods and stuff that maybe we think are gross or odd. So I don't want to, like, you know, poo-poo on things that are just not normal to me and therefore that means they should be gross that does not make sense well really because i feel like that's what you do to me every day but okay you're a different thing all on your own with your oysters okay but respectfully i know that other cultures use these kinds of things but i i am curious why all of the ingredients are something like the fat of a snake or the brain of a sparrow like is it is it part of the ritual that it has to be something that is limited or hard to come by so that way the potion is more powerful or interesting like why could why couldn't a love potion be like the fur of your cat that sheds everywhere and it's like super easy to get because i feel like because i feel like the whole point is like you have to really work for it you know i don't think it's just like oh everybody is gonna be able to do this because then think of all the havoc that would be caused if everybody is trying to do love potions i feel like this has to be kind of an exclusive ability to do something like this. I will also say, I I assume this is from the past because I know a lot of people who practice witchcraft today do not use animal parts in their... We talk about that later. Yeah, okay. And I know that that's something that has given witchcraft a bad name and like things like the eye of newt and stuff are actually usually symbolic for plants. And so I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like as a person who does not eat any animals, I will say wholeheartedly, I do not want any of these things to be in my potion any potion we talk later about what a current potion looks like so don't worry about right that. we're gonna get on it i know i do wonder like culturally how are those things still at play or have they also changed things based on different parts of the world i, I don't know and I, don't know. I also would not want to eat the fat of a snake by the way if the whole point of feeding me the fat of a snake as someone who hates snakes when they're alive and skinny and not <laughs> don't have fat on them <laughs> if the plan is to feed me one so that i'll like you more you are in a world of hurt like i'm about to really super duper not like you you've so hurt your chances but i think that's the point you don't know that and i think that's why this is kind of problematic too like i don't think anyone's saying oh here drink this i put a heart of a pigeon in it so that you'll fall in love with me like i think that's where we get again into like the non-consensual the part of this <laughs> yeah so to summarize for ourselves Several problems here with these potions. One, not vegan. Two, not even vegetarian. Not even vegetarian. Two, a lot of levels of informed consent not being at play. Correct. And three, I don't want snake fat. Let's just put it that way. I knew that would be number three. I was prepared for that one. Coming up, let's take a little trip around the world to see how love potions are used in different cultures, which we're already touching on, plus the scandalous side to using them. Mm, I have a hunch. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. 
With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As with any cuisine, different parts of the world have different recipes and ingredients for potions that they believe will cause people to fall in love. One of them in Uganda is if you mix herbs and the eggs of a gray crowned crane, which this is what I'm talking about. Like, uh, why wow. Like, can it just be eggs from the store? Especially if in today's <laughs> world, from things, the store. <laughs> if things are more symbolic versus like necessary, I wonder like are love potions able to be accessed easier? Mm. I wonder what the power behind these eggs are. So if you mix these herbs and eggs, it will increase affection and monogamy, which okay. if someone made me some Scrambled breakfast eggs, eggs, I would also be more affectionate to you. So that makes sense in, in my mind. In Africa, if you steep the bark of a yuhimbe tree and drink it like a tea, it's said to give off aphrodisiac qualities. In the Dominican Republic, there is something that is made of rum, honey, and red wine, and they're mixed with tree bark and herbs, and it creates an aphrodisiac called mamawana. That sounds kind of good to me. Rum, honey, and red wine. That, I mean, those are things that I can imagine a flavor palette together. Sounds great. And then in Indonesia's Madura Island in East Java, they use herbs to make something called a jamu ramwan which they say make women look more youthful so their husbands will be attracted to them. So that one I don't love. Don't love that. I don't love that they need you to be youthful to be attracted to you. We could talk about that for years. In Romania, the Romanian Day of Love is called Dragobete. And this is where young girls collect frozen snow or ice and use it to ward off illness for the rest of the year i'm curious about that one i would like to know more about like what if is there a ceremony do you just go get like an like an icicle and you just kind of like use it until it melts or something like i i wonder what the story is there but that sounds cool. yeah what because the snow right what do you do with the snow i wonder that's interesting or like do you keep the do you take an icicle from outside and keep it in the freezer so it stays all year i don't know i don't know in finland there is an alcoholic drink with blueberries instead of yeast and it's called the Lapish Love Potion. And we mentioned this earlier, but yeah, an alcoholic drink is kind of a more modern yeah. love potion. If you drink enough of it, you are going to probably make some silly calls, you know. I am loving this. I'm loving the blueberry alcohol. I'm loving the rum and honey. This all sounds delicious. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed how delicious things were up until now, because now we're going to talk about vegetables. Ah. And in the 19th century... Asparagus was called an aphrodisiac. Okay, but we both love asparagus. 
we love asparagus. I can't confirm. I am more interested in hanging out with you if asparagus is there. Yeah. Asparagus pee, not an aphrodisiac. Not if, great. If you've ever experienced that. And it was used as an aphrodisiac and served to grooms before their wedding night. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> Maybe they should have also been giving some, given some like yahimbe. If they'd only known. If only the cultures were all coming together to share their aphrodisiacs, we could have had quite the melting pot of a good time, you know? Think of the power. In ancient Greece, they also believed that carrots made men and women more attractive to each other, which is interesting because carrots are supposed to help with your vision. Right. So I feel like, but I feel like that would do the opposite, right? Because you're like, oh, Uh, just blur your vision and maybe the person, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you have to be really confident in how you look before giving someone a bunch of carrots and being like, look at me, look at me clearer. You'll want this. You'll want it. Which I mean, good for you, I guess, if you have that uh, confidence. And then the most iconic aphrodisiac that was used by the Aztecs is chocolate, which... That that one I can understand a little bit. That one I can get. It triggers high levels of serotonin and mood lifters in the human brain, which makes sense why I love it. And it increases energy and produces euphoric effects. Can confirm, if you eat enough chocolate, you will be (laughs) happy eventually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's foolproof. (laughs) Foolproof. I don't think I've met a chocolate I didn't enjoy. How about you? Is do, do you like chocolate? Is that like your go-to? I, I feel I mean, like I'm sitting here eating chocolate eggs in front of you. I've been doing that for a long but, time. But do you have a go-to chocolate? I feel like it, what is it? Uh, peanut M and M's. I love yours. peanut M and M's, but as far as it's just like cho- plain chocolate, I love a Milka. I love a German chocolate. That's kind of what I grew up on, and like some nougat in there. Love a hazelnut chocolate. I'm I'm all about it. I think I appreciate chocolate covered things more than solid chocolate. I feel like I like the the combo. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite chocolate-covered item, a strawberry? Oh, yeah. But I feel like those are hard to come by. You either have to go to a specialty shop or have them delivered, and it takes forever. But, like, my go-to, like, I need something covered in chocolate right now is a pretzel. Ooh. I like a good chocolate-covered espresso bean because I will get all sorts of chaotic after eating a bag of those. (laughs) Yeah, when it comes to, like, chocolate-covered, like, nuts, I'm not really a big fan. I'm okay. Like, it's fine. But, like... Chocolate mm. pretzels are probably my go-to can get in a day or can get in under an hour situation. Can get you revved up. <laughs> can get me revved up. Have you had chocolate-covered <laughs> potato chips? Shockingly good. You know, I have, and I, I kind of, I'm kind of into it. I didn't think I would be, but it, it's that salty-sweet combo that kind of works. You know, I love a salty-sweet. Yeah. If you're not catching on by now, the idea of love potions can have a darker undertone to them. So it's not surprising mm. that there have been some sinister stories about them. I just want to keep talking about chocolate, but I guess we we have to move on. You'll have a good time because we're going to talk about scandal. And I feel like you love that just as much as chocolate. That's true. A chocolate and scandal together. I mean, talk about an aphrodisiac. I'm ready. A chocolate covered scandal. Sign me up. (laughs) So the Spanish fly has been used in love potions dating back to the ancient Greeks, which I didn't know until I think right now. The problem, though, is that the Spanish fly is deadly. And yeah, that's I would consider that a problem, at least a slight problem. Also, again, even like deadly or not, I don't want flies in a potion. Like it's Stop just really feeding me that it's not food. As we're talking about love potions more and more, I feel like in the first sentence, we were like, oh, this feels toxic. And now it's like, oh, this is physically physiologically toxic it's, it's toxic a, in on many level on every level probably a lot of levels of uninformed consent and a lot of levels <laughs> of ch- ch- things i i don't want happening poison <laughs> <laughs> 
So while it could cause feelings of warmth that course through the person's body, people would find out the hard way that it wasn't love they were feeling, but it was inflammation from this deadly oh. fly. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that I don't love that they found out the hard way and then kept using it, I guess, is my problem. Yeah, I wonder if they felt like, oh, you just had too much or not enough or it was the wrong fly or it was a bad batch. But it's like, no, it was just bad the first time just that's it not good it's also believed that the spanish fly is what killed ferdinand ii of aragon he was using potions to increase the ability to have a male heir with his much younger wife classy Uh uh-huh yeah it's also happened well so he ended up dying in 1516 i don't know if he actually had the male heir or not but I think the potion is what was killing him because they ended up finding Spanish flies or they knew he was drinking Spanish flies. Yikes. And they were like, that probably did him in. (sighs) And then we have a French monarch, Louis XIV, who had a lot of mistresses. And Mm -hmm. one of those mistresses is said to have been involved in a plot to poison him in 1677 by sprinkling potions on his food. Uh Uh-oh. This also happened 300 years later in the Emperor's New Groove. (laughs) Different results, though. It resulted in a lot of laughs, that's for sure. So one of those mistresses, they thought she was sprinkling poison on his food. And I think she ended up getting, uh, I don't know what the right word is, cleared, I guess, that she wasn't a part of it. Oh, okay. She allegedly did some other dark things to try to keep control over Louis. So eventually she was not allowed to be around him anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I would guess if they really thought she was poisoning him. I understand why they were like, you probably shouldn't be around his food anymore. Or him. Like, I think they were like, we don't know what abuse is going on here, but something is happening. And by the way, that does remind me of not to bring it back to. And that's why we drink every episode. But it does remind me of a whole lot of episodes that we've covered or you've covered specifically of people like poisoning their spouses or poisoning their family members. And I don't know if it was always necessarily a love potion, but it was like the need for control or control or a a desperation for them to not leave you, which in a way feels like a toxic love potion. Oh yeah. Um, And so like a a gypsy rose and very good point. Weaken them to control Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, I wonder if there's a psychological correlation between those behaviors and love potions, but I feel like there kind of is if you, are so scared that someone's going to leave you that you are drugging them so that they are physically unable to. So I feel like it's just like a modern day twist of a very bad manipulative love potion. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Also in 1957, a New Jersey man was accused of murder and Uh he he was using the victim's skull (gasps) to make a dust to use in love potions so he could put spells on women what so he was like oh i need a skull so i'm gonna oh and also the victim was a 13 year old (sighs) child (gasps) so they ended up using this kid's skull and the dust was put into love potions for women to fall in love with him the frick he was caught by police before he did any more damage but i can't think of a lot more damage after like already using someone's skull and yeah i mean i'm just i guess i'm just glad he was stopped before he inevitably decided he needed more skulls and also it is stories like that that make ceremonies like this or spells like this have a really bad name absolutely if we're talking about a true love potion which as that 
herbalist said early on is like about self-love and opening yourself up to opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's no way anyone's ever going to hear about the good side when there's people like this who are using skull dust to make people fall in love with them. It's just so easy for people to get the wrong idea. Up next, if you're looking to create your own love potion, we have the modern and consensual way to make it happen. Oh, thank God. This episode is brought to you by the Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to the Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist-recommended facial moisturizer brand. So this is what I was talking about earlier when we were saying like, oh, I wonder like, you know, how many animals were used or why were they used or is it symbolic based on certain cultures? I don't know if all cultures have done away with animals. I can't speak on that. But I do know in today's world, in our world, in our space, it is becoming much more uh, kinder to living creatures. And I think that was also always just kind of like a more... A darker magic thing anyway. Sure. I feel like most people truly practicing consensual and ethical spells are probably not hurting people or hurting animals or Taking doing something. brains out of birds. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they are. I don't, again, I can't totally speak on it, but in my mind, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes I would like to unpack and uh, discard. So uh, for all intents and purposes, I'd like to think most potions these days are mm-hmm. very ethical and consensual. So if you're going to try a love potion, here are a few tips when you're setting your intentions. If the first one is get naked, I'm not doing this. You, that is probably optional for you, but I, that's not <laughs> required anymore for this, certainly. <laughs> so first off, keep it simple and don't limit yourself to the ways of the universe should the magic take you down a different path, which... I like that. I, like I love that, that immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And keep everything you need to reverse the magic on hand as a plan B, which I also love that because they're saying like, it's not too late. And it's also good for my anxiety, you, know? uh-huh, you can't mess this up, which is something I was worried. What I mentioned earlier of like, oh, maybe these ingredients are hard to come by to make sure people are doing these properly, whatever my head was at the moment. And so now there's, they're saying like, okay, well you can reverse these things. So you're like okay. That. That's good. It makes me feel safer to like be, open to trying and practicing. Mm-hmm. Also set time limits for your potion, which I love this too. So it it's not a potion that's going to be here for the works of it aren't going to last years and years. For example, making it good for one lunar lunar cycle is totally acceptable. Oh, okay. So it's another way to give yourself some flexibility and feel safe that even if you didn't do something right, at least if you haven't like 
haunted yourself forever with this now. Or just like not even if you're not doing it right, but just like, oh, this this is a temporary thing. It's not like you're committing to this feeling or this intention for the rest of your life. Like Great you're, point. Maybe Great this is point. an intention for now and then things will change down the road. Great point. Or what if you did this and you were like, okay, for one lunar cycle and then you found out like the next day that you actually didn't like this person. You're like, oh, now I've got this whole lunar cycle to deal with. <laughs> you got plan B, reverse oh, it, yeah, remember? That's right. See, I already love this way. Full proof. So Full proof. also consider love spells that aren't <laughs> straight up for love, but maybe just for creating romantic situations. Uh-huh. It's slightly less manipulative. It's like, let's just make the energy in this space friendlier to us and we'll see where things go marvel movie chocolate covered strawberries that's your own potion you got it you're good to go and it's consensual by the way i 100 percent allow that <laughs> so maybe to get someone to think about you maybe to go on a date all of these are great intentions you could put out there for this and there are also this is something i think you're really going to like there are some consensual takes that you can do with your partner so they can be involved in the love oh. potion with you all right blaze get ready I really like the idea that it's not just a potion for a, a newcomer to become part of your world. Totally. It's oh, people you already love. I like that This a lot. can just enhance that experience. Yeah, and it can it can bring you closer. That's really nice. I wonder if it can be done platonically because we could do it together, you and I. Probably. I imagine if your intention yeah. is that. What if yeah. my intention is something different than yours, Christine? I don't know. I'll go make you a sweat cake and you'll be sorry. <laughs> That's my new threat. I'll be like, oh my gosh, reverse it, reverse it. <laughs> Plan B, no, reverse it. <laughs> so this potion is called the Written in the Stars Lover's Potion. And it is oh. an astrological love potion that uses the power of the stars. Well, you know I'm into this. I had a hunch. So you use <laughs> this with your partner and you'll need to know your partner's sun sign. I already know. Capricorn. Oh, I was going to say, I know you're a Gemini. I know he's a Capricorn. So I don't know if certain signs maybe have a better chance at the potion working i don't know how like as far as the internet tells me he and i already don't have a good chance at making romance work and we've done it for eight years so i feel like <laughs> i could use some backup potions just to make sure you fair know? enough i do wonder though if like certain signs if a potion is more potent if like mm. it was a, a sagittarius and a libra you know like let's do i mean you and i are both gemini's i feel like that is quite a combo we could try it and see what happens that could be too powerful i think we might fly Twin too star. close to the sun there <laughs> so set your intention again stay simple and like you just want to make the love between you stronger which i totally want to do that with you all the time i absolutely i could see us doing this and to answer your question from earlier because i we were talking about like, oh, what are the ingredients in the brain of a sparrow? And, you know, Oof. yeah. So this is what you'll need. I think you probably have every single one of these things already in your house, Christine. Okay, let's let's hear it. You're about to text Blaze and say, I have date night planned. <laughs> you'll need water. Look at this. A half a gallon right here. A glass jar with a lid, so a mason jar. Got it. Rose quartz. Got it. Clear quartz. On it. Cinnamon stick. I make hot toddies with it. Got it downstairs. You got everything you need for this potion. My goodness, I'm excited. So mark on your calendar the nights that the moon passes through your partner's sun sign. So that's that's the next step. And then the day of your spell, fill a jar with water and set it outside or by a window to charge in the sun. And as you do this, speak your intention and use the cinnamon stick to draw either your partner's zodiac symbol or name on the surface of the water. Okay. Just do a little doo-doo-doo. A little I don't know how to draw the Capricorn. I'll figure it out. Then that's why you get to also draw just 
their name. If their you name. Want I could do that. I could do that. Drop the clear quartz crystal into the jar to help make the love you're sending out to your lover stronger. Okay. And then you're going to stir the potion eight times clockwise. Okay. And because eight is a number associated with the planet Venus and clockwise movement will give your potion projection energy. Then that night, set the jar out under the moon and remove the clear quartz crystal. And after using the other end of the cinnamon stick, where you draw the symbol on of your oh. own zodiac symbol or your name on the surface of the water, you're going to then drop the rose quartz crystal into the jar and stir the potion eight times going counterclockwise. This gives your potion the energy that allows you to receive love from your partner. See, I like that this is a That's whole mutual nice. experience. Absolutely, it's two ways. And so we send energy during the day and receive it in the evening. And then you repeat this process until the moon has moved out of your partner's sun sign. And then you can just store the jar of the potion under your bed or somewhere romantic. I don't know what a romantic place for you probably is. The refrigerator. (laughs) I was going to say like (laughs) the kitchen, the couch where you just watch movies all day. I don't know. I can't think of a romantic place for me and Allison where I would feel like a jar wouldn't get messed with. I feel like like if we go camping or something, like that's romantic, but I wouldn't like drive a jar out to the desert. You know what I mean? Oh, I would. Okay. You are more <laughs> invested in this than I am then. But so then the potion will be effective until the next time the moon passes through your partner's sign. I wonder if it'd almost be a fun like monthly partner date to I do love it. Ev- I wonder if you did it every month. I wonder if there's like a cap where like you do it three months and then like the love can't get stronger or do you just do it every month for your whole relationship and just gets better and better and better. That's really wonderful. I don't know. Maybe it just keeps it keeps it at a high, you know, just keep the love strong. That's it for love potions. I feel like ending it on a high with a consensual ethical mutual potion is like just the right way to go. Absolutely. And that's what we that's what we like to hear. I love that love potions have not gone away completely. They've just kind of morphed into something more positive and fun and something you can do with with your partner too. That's, I really like that. Yeah, I feel like we started out like on the complete opposite side of like, oh, they are very non-consensual and they can be dangerous. And also with based on what you're putting in there, you could kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And now it's like water and don't drink it. It's don't like- <laughs> drink it. <laughs> Cinnamon stick. It's all in the kitchen. Exactly. Don't even worry about even it. Even <laughs> if you choose to drink it, cool, but that's not part of the potion. We're not asking for that. It really, <laughs> I do feel like potions went from like something really complex and exclusive. I feel like it was very much like, oh, we know this. We know how to do this. These are all the ingredients you need. And if you don't have them, you can't be a part of this community that does this stuff. Mm-hmm. Which probably encouraged people to do it wrong anyway because they didn't have access to the things they needed. Right. I don't know. But so now it's it's just so nice that anybody can do it regardless of your beliefs. And I appreciate that spirituality is becoming so much more of an umbrella for anything as long as you have good intentions. Absolutely. I can totally agree with that. And uh, I think I'm going to go get my mason jar and some tap water and get cooking. You're going to start stirring it with a cinnamon stick and Blaze is going to be like, what are we doing? (laughs) Happy date night. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. The rain is healing energy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Elite Daily, Vice, History Extra, National Geographic, The Traveling Witch, and JSTOR Daily. 
Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Chelsea Wood. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Mm-hmm.